how truck drivers get paid on the next episode of the Coffee Sessions. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Coffee Sessions. I am your humble host, Stephen Davidson. And it is Thursday, December the 14th, and it's approximately 10.39 a.m. as I record this. I've got me a nice cup of uh, sugar cookie creamer coffee and uh, got me a pot to go with it as well. (laughs) And I brewed my usual suspect this morning, New New England coffee breakfast blend. It's all right. So let's go ahead and get started. Let me get hydrated first, folks. The International Delight Coffee Creamer, Sugar Cookie Coffee Creamer is addictive. All right, let's see here. Oh, yes. How truck drivers get paid and how much. All right. I'm going to go ahead and tell you how I got started and uh, how much you can get paid. A certain scam that they used to have. I don't know if they still got it or not. Probably not. And uh, we'll go from there. So there's three questions I got asked uh, when they find out I was a truck driver. Number one is when the number one question is, do I miss it? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I miss the pay more than anything else, but I don't miss the BS that went with it. Uh, How much can how much did I make and how much can I make? That's the questions I get asked a lot. And is there a lot of training required? All that. I'm going to go into all that. And I'm going to tell you how I got started and everything. I'm also going to tell you why I had to quit too. All right. There's three ways a trucker gets paid. Two of them are mileage-based, but two of them are totally different. You got the household mover's guide pay scale, which screws the driver. I'll tell you how in a minute. You got hub miles, which is actual odometer mileage. And there's also load percentage or commission, which you get a percentage of what the load brings if you're a subcontractor. If you're a full-blown independent contractor or owner-operator, uh, which I recommend that you have a minimum of two years for, uh, you uh, pretty much collect all the commission. And then after that, you settle up with them. With us. I'll get into that in more detail. You settle up with the company you're leased on, if any, and uh, you go from there and get your settlement checked, and they'll take care of your payment and all that stuff. I'll get into that in more in a minute. All right. New guys looking for a career change, and if you got a lot of student debt and you want to pay it off real quick, and you're not looking to spend a lot of time in school, you can't go wrong with going to truck driving school. And there's a bunch out there. You got Schneider; they've got their own. In fact, theirs is actually fun. You got a skid pad you can work with and everything. Real good company. Um, pay ain't too high at first, but once you go solo and learn to trade a little bit and get more experience, the pay goes up or supposed to. Uh, Covenant is a good one. Uh, start there. They got their own trucking school. You can get your CDL through them as well as Schneider. 
or commercial driver's license. You need Class A with air brakes and hazmat. More on that in a minute. And there's also the uh, Swifty. Sure wished I had a faster truck. But nonetheless, uh, if you're looking for a place to get started, they've got their own school and you can get a CDL there too. Now, as far as them saying you got to work for us for a year or anything like that, BS. They could transfer it from one company to another if they want to pay the tuition. And uh, that's pretty much takes care of that. It's on the job training. You get paid while you learn how to drive a truck for a living. All right. I went to a private school. Uh, I've got my diploma up on the wall here. Alliance Tractor Trailer Training Centers out of Harden, North Carolina. They had five schools at the time, and I went in April of 2002. And uh, I finished on April the 26th, 2002, and I pretty much went, work, went to work almost immediately after that. And let's uh, see. So that's how you get started. Got to contact a company that's self-insured and uh, talk to them about work and go from there. Now, for those of you wondering, your first year out without owning a truck, uh, you first year out, you'll probably make up to about 40000 a year starting out. It's not unusual to make more than that or a little bit less, but that usually hovers out first year out for a company driver. 40 grand. Now, once you get into leasing, uh, owner operator, whatnot, stuff like that, it's not uncommon to hear of drivers making six figures, especially if you drive a tanker. Those guys make a ton of money. And it's even better if you get on with a Teamsters Union company that knows what they're doing and, and maintains their equipment. Instead of sleeping in a truck, you can end up with a motel room every night if you play your cards right. But to get the Teamsters job, you just about have to know somebody to get it. At least that's the way it was when I left in 2005. Now, here's how the mileage pay works. Got my notes here, bullet points. Household Movers Guide pay scale. Okay, after the fifth. During the 50s, after World War II, when all the people came home and trucking started uh, speeding back up and growing in exponential rate, they come up with a household movers guide where you can move from point A to point B and whatnot. And in my opinion, it screws the driver. Here's how. Household movers guide is a preset mileage, uh, amount of mileage, from point A to point B. Like if you're moving from Chicago to Indianapolis, that's the mileage you get. But once you hit the city limits, the mileage stops. No joke. If you live on the far side of Chicago and have to go all the way through it, and then you're moving all the way to the far side of Indianapolis and have to go all the way through it, your mileage stops. Your charging stops at the... Uh, city limits meaning you can be screwing yourself out of 200 plus miles if you have to go through those large cities because you can't charge you're already in the city that's how the household movers guide works uh lots of interstates um stuff like that you know and uh also instead of the direct route as possible 
sometimes they'll go around a little bit. Now, if you're a company driver working with one of those large outfits that I talked about, you have to get fuel where they tell you. So you're going to have out-of-route miles. Now, they used to do a fuel-saving bonus. They preached this to us in my trucking school. I don't know about anybody else. They probably don't do it now because most of the trucks are now automatic. But they would tell us to do skip shifting, progressive shifting, which is fast as possible, and to keep our mileage out low so we can get a fuel-saving bonus. Well, here's how the company screw you out of it. It's like a casino. They'll do anything they can to keep you to play so they can make more money off of you. Well, this fuel-saving bonus is kind of the same way. You're always going to have out-of-route miles unless you're an owner-operator. Then this don't matter because you can get fuel wherever you want because the uh, owner-operator has to buy his or her own fuel to begin with. Now, if they, they'll tell you this. They got mad at me at Swift one time because I got it two months in a row. Like, how did you do it? And I had like a negative out-of-route miles. And they was mad because they had to pay me that extra bonus. And it was about a $125 bonus at the time. So they weren't too happy about getting it. But they'll let you get a small version of it, uh, if you will, uh, just to give you a taste of it to keep you going so they can save money on fuel. But uh, they screw you out of it when they go to do your evaluation and do out-of-route miles. This is how I learned this when I was with Swifty. They uh, screwed. They they really screwed me over several times on that. It was all I could. I always joke and say I found FedEx Custom Critical seven and a half years too late. <laughs> but when I was with Swift, there was always constant <clears throat> fighting over pay. Fighting over home time, everything. You name it, they'd fight me on it. I'm like, you guys are starting to get on my nerves, and I put in my notice after that evaluation. Then I told the guy, give me the evaluation. If he yelled at me one more time, I was going to knock the crap out of him with a tire. He uh, left me alone soon after that because I wasn't going to tolerate that crap. Even the terminal manager said something to him about that, so... As a congratulations, you boobs. You just lost another driver. See, Swift, Schneider, and Covenant, and a lot of those guys, they have a high turnover rate because they don't want to pay nothing sometimes. And the best way to get one over on them is to either get your own truck or find another company that does pay good and whatnot. There's lots of companies out there that will pay for experienced drivers. But that's how the household mover guy works goes from point a to point b but your mileage stops at the city limits and you can be screwing yourself out of 100 to 200 miles they did that to give the customer a break but fixed it to where a driver can still make money hmm. all right hub miles that's exactly what it says it is. It means odometer mileage, meaning point A to point B don't matter much. If it's going to charge, if you're going to charge a certain rate for so many miles, that's actual mileage. That's one of the best ways I think you can get paid is the hub miles. 
And uh, the fuel saving bonus, I think you can toss that out the window now. I don't even think they have it anymore because they, uh, the majority of fleets like that, like Swift, Schneider, uh, Covenant, and uh, uh, Werner, and places like that, are now automatic trucks because low maintenance cost. The computer can shift the gear better than any of us can, even with a years and years of experience and uh, it's just cheaper and faster to replace it if it goes bad and they pretty much hold up longer than the uh, old manual does so they went to that instead so the fuel saving bonus is out the window so once they went to automatics uh, back when I back when I was driving there's only two companies I knew of that had automatics and that was um U.S. Express, they take students too, by the way, and you can get your CDL through them. And the other one was Comcar Industries, or specifically Coastal Transport out of Moxville, North Carolina. The uh, flatbed operator out of uh, North Carolina, if you will. But uh, And those guys home every weekend. I'll get to that in a second. It's BS. All right, and the last way a trucker gets paid, load percentage, a percentage of the load. I made a lot of money getting paid that way. That's how I got paid at FedEx Custom Critical. Driver got the, I, he got his cut. And since I was teaming with the owner, my cut was 20%. We got a load from Terre Haute. And Chicago, uh, we was in Chicago one night. We got a load from Terre Haute to Indiana, Terre Haute, Indiana, all the way out to Phoenix, Arizona. That load paid a lot of money. Then we got another load when we got out there from Los Angeles, California to Connecticut. <laughs> paid a lot of money. That specific load owner was very happy with us. That very happy with me in that uh, little expediting trick. I told him he was very happy with it. A five thousand dollar load from L.A. to Connecticut. He'd never seen a load that paid that good that in a while, and the one that we took to get out there paid three thousand. So that's eight thousand dollars. See here. Yeah, that's about right. Sixteen hundred dollars was my commission off those two loads alone. I don't count the others we had. By the time I got done that month, um, we get we got a lot of high paying loads that month. By the time I got done that month, it was uh, in December. And when I got home for Christmas, I had $10,000 cash in my pocket. So was that there how well we did? Mm -hmm. So you can make money at it driving the truck. And here's the thing. This was a FedEx Custom Critical D unit or a dock-sized straight truck. 18-wheeler would have made more than that. So think about it for a minute. I made $1,600 just getting 20% of 
of the load revenue with FedEx just off of two loads. The uh, owner, he was laughing all the way to the bank. I think he was, I, uh, out of my cut, I had 10 grand. I think he walked out with, I think he walked in the bank with 30 grand in his pocket, give or take. And uh, he made a, we made a lot of money that month. Sadly, that was also our last good month. January, we didn't do as good, but we done better than we thought we would. February, I pulled the plug because health issues. Uh, his other driver was also having health problems too because his other driver was like 300 plus pounds, give or take. I was pushing 250 myself at the time, maybe a little bit more. Uh, my uh, nerves were shot from too many energy drinks in the past and I was starting to have uh, anxiety issues and whatnot and I had to get out of that truck so I pulled the I decided to pull the plug before they did uh, in 2005 and little did I know that years later when I try to go back I'd be uh, out I had too many energy drinks one night and my chest, my heart was bruised where it was beating so hard against my chest, they said I was lucky my heart didn't explode and uh, whatnot. So that's when they started taking the ephedrine, if you will, um, out of energy drinks and stuff like that and took it off the market. And that's another thing I remember. Red Bull used to have alcohol in it, and they would mix it. College students would. would mix it with Jägermeister, and they call it the Jäger Bomb. Well, teenagers started getting the Jaeger, uh, not the Jaeger, but the uh, Red Bull because it had alcohol in it. And the VABC and several alcoholic beverage control boards uh, pitched a fit to Red Bull. And Red Bull, Red Bull decided, you know what? We're going to take the ephedrine out and we're going to take the alcohol out. And that pretty much ruined the taste as far as I'm concerned. So I quit drinking those. But yeah, they used to have alcohol in them back in the day. Not much. It was like uh, 3% by volume, maybe. Maybe less. It wasn't enough to worry about. But uh, that's the low commission. And uh, and uh, as far as owner-operator ships go, it's not uncommon to see them make six figures a year first year in. But I don't recommend you do that unless you do it right away or if you even better if you got two years worth of experience. But yeah. But uh, when you first get started, uh, it only takes about a month training at the most. And uh, there was another school nearby, a rival school, Tri County Driving Academy here in Virginia, over in Hansonville. And uh, it wasn't uncommon. They had recruiters on the spot, and you got hired before you even got finished trucking, driving a trucking school. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, that's a very nice way to make a living. You get to see the country and whatnot. I was also fortunate to go to Canada and Mexico. I really enjoyed that when I was with FedEx. But, yes, that's pretty much what I did for a living for Nine years from 1996 to 2005, I got started under the for hire license, which is long gone now. And uh, I was about 20 years old at the time, but uh, 
the ironic thing is that uh, since there's a driver shortage, they lowered the age limit on CDL from 21 to 18 now here in Virginia, and several other states have soon followed. So now you can get a CDL at the age of 18 and cross state lines and do over-the-road trucking. Now, as far as getting dedicated routes uh, where point A and B is the same or you get same or several stops and whatnot, J.B. Hunt is notorious for offering that, but from what I've been told by people that work there, they nickel and dime you to death, and your pay will not be what they promised. I've also had a recruiter flat out lie to me. Back in the late 90s, he tried to tell me he could get a brand new Peterbilt, 379X full chrome edition for 50 grand. I laughed at him. I said, that might cover the chassis if we're lucky. He didn't know who he's talking to, and he didn't know that I knew the specs on a Peterbilt 379X, as well as a Volvo 770 at the time, VN770. And Swift went to Volvo for a while, and they would not give me one, even though despite the fact that I knew the engine better than they did, including mechanics, and uh, I also knew that truck inside and out better than they did because it's made here in my home state of Virginia, Dublin, Virginia. That's where the Volvo plant's at. But nonetheless, I digress. But uh, you can make a real nice living uh, driving a truck. Uh, let's see. First year out, you get forty grand. Uh, you're uh, showering. Um, there's two ways you got to shower. If you got fuel, regardless whether you're company driver or not, you got a free shower. Or you can go to the terminal and get one there. They usually keep a shower up in there. And uh, if you get a motel room at night, you obviously get a shower there. But uh, usually you got a free one when you got fuel. Uh, the tank washout for um, cleaning the inside of your tanks. If you drive a tanker, it used to be a hundred dollars. Now it's over two hundred. I don't know how much a scale ticket was. Is I think it's twelve dollars now. It used to be six. And of course, there's rest areas out there now specifically for eighteen wheelers, but you can only stay there for like four hours. There's a few things here and there, um, whatnot, that you need to learn and go from there. But the experience is the best teacher, but I can always tell you a few secrets in and out. And then, of course, there's the scam that companies used to pull over. I don't think they do it now, and that was the uh, <laughs> that was the fuel-saving bonus. What a joke that was. Oh, and uh, owner-operators, if you're looking to join a company, be sure to ask about a fuel surcharge. That's a little bit of reimbursement on your fuel, and it's a very nice security blanket when you go to drive for a living and own the truck and whatnot. As far as settlement goes, I think DART would be the best ones as good. DART is good. Let's see. Who's that other company? I can't think of the name offhand. Dart is good, and there's a Landstar. Landstar is pretty good too, from what I hear. Then there's uh, those uh, big outfits like Swift. They got a truck purchasing program. Uh, another good school I would recommend uh, 
for those just getting started out. CR England Transport, Schneider, Swift. Swift used to have a truck purchasing program. I don't know if they still got it or not. And there's also Stevens Transport, which used to be Dick Simon, had a skunk on the side of it. Uh, there's a few out there. You just need to pay attention to what they uh, read and write and whatnot and go from there. So, with that being said, thank you for taking the time to watch today's podcast. I will see you again soon with a shave of the day. I'm waiting for my beard to grow out a little bit more and go from there. So, take care of yourselves and each other, and God bless and have a great day.